one of the things that is a key attribute of any successful entrepreneur is to A, surround themselves with people that are much smarter than they are uh, and have subject domain expertise. And then two, learn as much as you possibly can, as fast as you can about what you're trying to develop. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the It's a Material World podcast. I'm your host, Puneet. I have David joining me. How's it going, David? I feel like I just saw you in person, so nothing new, but tell us about how Puzzle X was for us. Yeah, so Puneet and I just got back from Barcelona, Spain. We went to the Puzzle X conference, and it was great. Uh, We got to interview like 50 of the speakers, so just a crazy amount of people, and all the technologies were super cool. And so we have a lot of great content that hopefully we'll be pushing out soon. So we got to talk with like 50 experts in their fields and got like 10 minutes with each of them. And so mm-hmm. really exciting stuff to hear each of their own individual thoughts and feelings about their field and what the future holds. Yeah. So I, I had a great time talking to everyone and it was a great conference. How did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it a lot too. And hopefully we can bring some of those unique technologies to the podcast for future episodes. You know, we only got five to 10 minutes with them. They're very busy and there is a lot of speakers to interview. And so hopefully we can go more in depth with them on this podcast. So hopefully more to come soon. Um, And I really enjoyed it. We also rewarded ourselves after a busy conference with a, a quick trip to Lisbon, Portugal. So I think it was really cool. We got a best of both worlds scenario where we got to explore Barcelona and Lisbon and also really network with a lot of great material science companies and their founders and others in the space. And so kind of speaking of frontier technologies for, for this episode, we interviewed Teague, who is the CEO and founder of Energy X, which is kind of scaling sustainable lithium production, you know, and there is definitely room for improvement in in that standpoint in terms of the current processes. And so he's revolutionizing how lithium is extracted, particularly from brine. So was there a topic or anything in particular that you enjoyed from the episode? Yeah, I think that we weren't able to speak to him too long, but with the time we did have, he gave a really great overview of kind of where the field's heading. And so I, I did talk about, I went to a talk and to electrify like the entire world by 2050, we would have to increase production of lithium like 10% each year, which is kind of crazy when I think like the best year on record, we're at like 9%. So we would have to like continually best ourselves each year. And so I think Teague does a really good job about talking about like these other technologies that we can do. And he talks about like how they scaled it up and like what the future looks like for them. So just very interesting on that side of things, how they are trying to get ahead of the trend so that when other battery technologies become mature, they're ready to fill the demand uh, instead of trying to always play catch up. So I think that was a very interesting part of the conversation. Yeah. And isn't a key part of that, like particularly with the potential for solid state batteries to mature and be implemented in like electric vehicle applications. Maybe that's where lithium starts playing a role in the anode. Is that correct? Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. So he was talking about for solid state electrolytes, you could use lithium metal as now it's safer. And I think the electrolyte may interact with lithium metal. Anyway, you could use it in a solid state electrolyte cell and the specific capacity or how much milliamp hours per gram you have is like roughly 3000 milliamp hours per gram. And for 
uh, graphite, it's like 200. So it's like a huge amount of capacity increase. So uh, if you think about it, you would get like 10 times more miles with just that simple upgrade. Of course, it's not that simple, but that's like the promise of it. So yeah, but like you were saying, we would have to supply much more lithium because lithium is such a is like still a large part of like what we have currently, but making an anode completely out of lithium would increase like exponentially how many tons of lithium needed for batteries. So ramping up these other sources before we get to that point, we'll make sure that we can actually use it in a mass production solution like uh, electric vehicles. Yeah. And I think Teague paints a, a cool picture of what this industry will look like 10 to 20 years from now and, and the role his company Energy X will play in that vision. And then he also kind of dives into advice for, you know, material scientists and engineers in terms of, you know, how do you get ahead and equip yourself with uh, the skill set to successfully enter this industry and, and then subsequently make an impact. So yeah, anything else to add before we go into the episode? No, I'm excited to get into it. All right. Before we get into the episode, make sure to join our Discord. It's a free community for MSCs. And then also please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks. Meta Material Inc. is a developer of high-performance functional materials and nanocomposites. Meta delivers previously unachievable performance across a range of applications by inventing, designing, developing, and manufacturing sustainable, highly functional materials. Meta is a fast-growing company with a positive and committed work culture and a phenomenally talented workforce. Our employees are inspired to do exceptional and innovative work and are proud to contribute to the success of the company and they are our greatest asset. Meta attracts people from all countries and cultures with over 35 spoken languages represented across all our teams. Meta believes that diversity drives creativity and innovation. With locations in Canada, the United States, the UK, and Greece, Meta is growing and is looking for new talented people to join the team. If you're passionate about doing your best work, making a difference, and having fun while doing it, apply to one of our open positions at metamaterial.com careers. Hello, everyone. So for today's episode, we're excited to welcome Teague Egan. Since earning his bachelor's in entrepreneurship and business administration from the University of Southern California, Teague has held multiple executive level positions. He is the current CEO and founder of Energy X, a startup company focusing on lithium extraction, energy storage, and the development of battery technology. Thank you so much for joining us today, Teague. Bernice, David, thanks for having me. Great. So let's get started. Could you just give us a brief background about your journey in entrepreneurship and how it it ended up with you starting Energy X? Yeah, definitely. So I come from a family of entrepreneurs and just growing up, I've always known that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I tried to start some businesses in high school uh, and in college. And uh, when I was studying entrepreneurship in college, I actually started my first successful business. I had a few failures before that, which any entrepreneur knows is is kind of part of the deal. But I went to school at USC in Southern California. And the first successful business that I started was a record label. You know, I think it's kind of ironic that I fell into like the entertainment world uh, being in Los Angeles. But, you know, th those were the cards that I was dealt. And, uh, you know, the record label ended up being really successful. And I learned a lot about starting a business. You know, there's trials and tribulations. It doesn't matter what business you're in. There's challenges. 
that are unforeseen. And part of being an entrepreneur is not getting too excited with the highs or too demoralized with the lows. You have to keep kind of a steady head about yourself throughout all those events that happen because it's 100% that you're going to experience good things and bad things. So, you know, I, I ran the record label for several years and then ultimately decided that that's not the business that I wanted to be in uh, for the long term and that I wanted to be in uh, an industry that was going to have an extremely large impact on the world over the next 20 to 40 years. And I ultimately decided that renewable energy was both a passion of mine and uh, something that was, you know, with this energy transition, going to have a major impact on the world over the next 20 to 40 years. And uh, as I started to analyze uh, the landscape of the energy transition, I ultimately decided that lithium was a really big problem um, and going to be a really big bottleneck specifically for electric vehicles. Uh, so when I start businesses, I think about what problems I'm solving. And as I kind of peeled back the layers on lithium, uh, I realized that it was a really big problem, both in terms of the supply shortage, like there's not nearly enough lithium production to satisfy the huge demand for batteries that are going into electric vehicles. And uh, two was the, the current methods of production that are used today for lithium. So that's what I set out to solve. And that's the, that's the reason uh, that I started EnergyX. Awesome. So jumping from like the entertainment sector to lithium and, and batteries and things like that, I can see you mentioned some of the kind of commonalities in terms of starting up a business, right? Which I can see like why you're successful from that. I was just wondering what are the unique challenges that was present from jumping into maybe a very technical startup or, or something like as technical with the lithium extraction process, for example? Yeah. I mean, look, I didn't know anything about music uh, when I got into that business, but just like I didn't know anything about lithium when I got into this business. And I think that one of the things that is a key attribute of any successful entrepreneur is to A, surround themselves with people that are much smarter than they are uh, and have subject domain expertise. And then two, learn as much as you possibly can, as fast as you can about what you're trying to develop. Learn from the people that you surround yourself with, learn from you know reading books or articles, just like continue to learn, right? I mean, I work on EnergyX 18 hours a day and I'm, I'm either reading things or thinking about strategy or, or thinking about you know how, how things work and you just have to immerse yourself in whatever it is. Like, I mean, just, just like music, you know, I didn't know the first thing about music, but you have to follow your gut instinct and bring on people to your team that have done it before and can give you advice on which way to, to steer. But ultimately, you have to be the one that makes the decisions on things um, if you're the founder or CEO of a company. So with, with EnergyX, I A, recognize the problem the larger macro problem in lithium and then lithium production. As I started to peel back the layers, I started to learn about what the micro problems were getting into kind of material science. The reason that lithium production is not effective in some areas of the world 
is that they have really high ratios of problem impurities compared to lithium that are dissolved in the brine. So I basically boiled down our first challenge to doing a very specific separation of lithium away from magnesium. And that was like, you know, when you think about like lithium as a problem and then boiling it down to like that very specific problem and then figuring out how to do that, I went out and found scientists uh, in academia that were working on this and brought them onto the team and got kept going step by step, door by door, bringing in more smart people that were in industry and figuring out how to scale something like this from an academic level to something that could be deployed into the field. And, uh, you know, the, the dream just kept growing. So yeah, let's kind of dive into what you just talked about. So the core technology, like you said, is the lithium extracting from the magnesium as lithium is usually found in like these compounds. So could you give us a brief overview about where most of the lithium comes from today and then where Energy X is trying to differentiate itself into its own unique pipeline almost? Yes, definitely. So lithium is found in two major resource types. One is in saltwater brine. So, you know, ocean is saltwater, but where lithium is more concentrated is in very saline brines uh, up to like 30, 40% salinity as compared to ocean water that's about 3% salinity. So you're looking at 10 times the amount of salt that's dissolved into the water. And lithium is in that form a salt amongst many other salts that are also dissolved into the water, like magnesium, potassium, sodium, calcium, etc. So we focus on brine uh, and, and separating, extracting the lithium out of that brine away from all those other salts that are useful in other applications, but for our purposes, deemed impurities. The second major resource type for lithium is hard rock mining. So you think about traditional like open pit hard rock ores like copper and things like that, you can get lithium out of spodumene ores and you have to go through like a leaching process and dig up the earth and do that. We think that mining lithium from brine is much better for a few reasons. One is there's a lot less exploration risk with brines. Like you can use geophysics to understand hydrometallurgy, to understand how big a resource is. So there's a lot less exploration risk as opposed to hard rock. Number two, there's a lot less carbon emissions when you are just pumping up a brine and, and extracting the lithium from it, as opposed to digging up like tens or hundreds of millions of tons of earth to get lithium. And then number three is that the ceiling for the introduction of new technology is a lot higher for brine. Like there's a lot more ability to introduce new technology to the way that it's currently extracted from brine than there is from hard rock. In hard rock, no matter what, you're digging up this earth and like, yeah, maybe you can change the way that you leach the lithium from the ore, but that concept has has been around for a very long time and there's been very little improvement on it because it's it's the way copper is done it's the way that a lot of other minerals are done right with brine the current extraction process is using these huge evaporation ponds where you literally just put the brine into the pond and let the sun evaporate the water the h2o part and then the salt part precipitates out and the paradigm shift is going from that 
to a mechanical separation process, which is either running the brine through membranes or using solvent extraction, like a molecule that will go in and grab the lithium and then you uh, extract the lithium from that or like an adsorption column. So, so there's a lot more ability to introduce innovative 21st century technologies to brine resources, which will ultimately make brine and lithium extraction from brine the lowest on the cost curve. And so there have been talks with like the whole electrification of the United States or the world. And I went to a talk that said to be able to electrify everything by 2050, we would have to increase lithium production by 10 to 15% every year. And so I think it's important to note that we need to find new ways other than hard rock mining, like you said. And so my question to you is, what is the Energy X's overall strategy? Is the technology at a point where you can implement it and now it's about scaling? Or in the next 10 years, do we need to figure out the best way to do it? And then we can start scaling after that. Yeah, so we've been working on the best way to do it for four years now. And that was taking something that was, you know, at a very small, fundamental academic scale and scaling it up to something that we could deploy into the field. Earlier this year, we deployed our first pilot plant into the field and ran that for five months continuously. That was a huge milestone and proof point for us to learn all the data from that trial run. We took all of that and we're building more robust systems that we'll deploy into the field in five locations in 2023. We'll learn from all of that. And then hopefully by 2024, we'll scale to full commercial. So, and, you know, throughout all of that, we'll continue to optimize the technologies. You know, we've learned a tremendous amount along the way. Like one big thing is that all brines are different, right? So I, I described the two resource types. But within brines, you know, you're, you're taking this big sample of water that may have a lot of different characteristics than a sample of water from, you know, an area that's 500 miles away, right? It may have more or less lithium concentration, which can affect uh, which technology you use. It may have very different impurity profile, like as compared to lithium, is there a lot of sodium or is there a lot of potassium or is there a lot of magnesium? Like depending on the ratio of those impurities to lithium may dictate which technology you use. Is the brine hot? Like, is it from a geothermal resource coming from, you know, 8,000 feet below the surface comes out at 300 degrees Celsius? That's obviously a huge factor when considering which technology to use. Are you trying to mine lithium in an area that is very water scarce? Like a lot of technologies need water to operate. And if there's no water in the area, you have to take that into consideration on developing your flow sheet and which technology you use. So one thing that we've learned along the way and Im implemented into our business is that instead of just coming up with one direct lithium extraction technology and trying to fit the brine to the technology. If we want to be the, the largest lithium technology company in the world, we need to be able to treat every brine. We need to adapt our flow sheet of technologies to the brine. So we've developed a portfolio of technologies that can address all four of those factors that I just mentioned. So it seems like your customers currently are like mining companies. Do you have plans in the future to integrate vertically in the supply chain and kind of have those, like you mentioned, 
solid state battery applications, or I think I read that on your website. So I just wanted to see what are kind of the future growth plans for Energy X. Yeah. So right now, our main customers are lithium producers or resource owners, right? People that are already producing lithium that want to implement technology into their flow sheet and increase their recovery rates, make their process more efficient through the use of technology or greenfield resource owners that have just drilled some wells and have not built ponds, but want to move forward in the path of using technology as opposed to ponds, right? So all of those people are our customers and we'll be able to produce lithium uh, the most efficiently and cost-effectively of any technology or producer in the world, right? Then the next step, once you extract the lithium out of this brine, it's not quite ready to use in, in a battery just yet. You have to basically, you know, like once you uh, pump oil up from, from the ground, you know, you, you separate it, but there's, there's a lot of refining steps that go on before you can, you know, put it into like a, like jet fuel in an airplane. Right. So our first mission was, okay, how do we extract the lithium away from all these impurities? Right. The second is how do we refine it more efficiently than previous methods to get it to be battery grade lithium? And that's kind of one big initiative that we're working on. Right. The next thing is that battery grade lithium has predominantly only been used in the cathode. So in a, in a battery architecture, there's essentially three main components. You have an anode, uh, a cathode, and then a separator. And lithium is deposited into uh, a cathode. And then the lithium moves from the, from the cathode to the anode through the separator and back. And that's what creates like charge and discharge. So when it moves from the cathode to the anode, you are discharging power, powering a device, and then you plug that battery back into a power source and the electron comes in and the lithium moves back from the anode to the cathode and gains that extra electron that's lost during discharge, right? So lithium has only been used in the cathode before and it's used in two different forms uh, either lithium carbonate or lithium hydroxide the next version the next generation of batteries uh, to become more energy dense basically hold like a, a bigger charge which in theory will make your phone or computer last longer or your car travel further these batteries will use pure lithium metal as an anode basically the more lithium that you can fit into this cell the more energy density it's going to have. So EnergyX is looking at how to produce lithium metal through these refinery processes that we've developed, and then how to how to utilize the lithium metal in a solid state battery architecture. Uh, so you know we don't plan on becoming a large scale battery manufacturer ourselves, but we want to figure out the chemistry of these different components. Uh, and new chemistries or architectures in cells. Yeah, I think that's a really important part is that lithium metal compared to carbon is roughly like, I think, 10 times or 20 times more energy dense. Uh, so it's incre increasing amount of capacity. But I think that we also would need a lot more lithium. And so that's kind of where you come in. So 
over the next 20 years where we figure out solid state batteries to the point of mature technology, how do you see lithium extraction growing or advancing? And what role do you think Energy X will play in that vision? Hopefully a huge role. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so solid state batteries are the concept that the separator between the anode and the cathode doesn't have a liquid, liquid electrolyte. Obviously, liquid adds to the weight, which decreases the energy density. Uh, a solid state battery theoretically increases the safety, but what it enables is to use lithium metal anodes, which is why that battery type has a higher energy density. So. Through all of this, you know, lithium obviously becomes an extraordinarily important element. You know, lithium is important because because of its inherent properties on the periodic table. It's the third element after uh, hydrogen and helium, and it's the lightest alkali metal. So because it's so light, it has the highest energy density, which is what you want in a battery that is used in a mobile application. If you have a stationary battery, it doesn't necessarily matter how heavy it is. But if you are trying to move a car or something that needs even more energy density, like an airplane, the weight of the battery is extremely important. So, you know, as we move forward with energy transition and look to be sustainable with the use of batteries, using lithium lithium will become more and more highly demanded and we kind of started from the very bottom floor in terms of figuring out how to make lithium the most efficient possible and the most cost effective awesome and so there seems to be a lot of material science that comes into play here so in these next 10 to 20 years as these processes get refined what kind of challenges uh, is this sector facing from like the lithium extraction standpoint that you think that maybe the next generation of MSCs can help solve? I think that uh, there's always challenges, right? Right now, we're dealing with challenges around scaling, right? Like we've figured out how to mechanically separate and extract lithium, both on, on, in a laboratory scale and in a pilot scale, right? And, and you have to go step by step. But, you know, ultimately, uh, we need to be producing millions and millions of tons of lithium through these processes, right? So for us right now, scale up is one of the most important things. And then, you know, there, there's always, there's always like making, making one of something is extraordinarily easy. But making 10,000 or a million of something is extremely hard. So we need to figure out how to do that. And then there's always going to be unforeseen challenges. Uh, I think that as we learn, we will see more opportunities. Like I already explained the, the one opportunity, right? With, you know, once we figured out these underlying technologies that could do the extraction part, we started applying them to the refinery part. Like how do we get this lithium up to 99.9%? So that it's able to go into a battery. And then we said, you know, lithium, we think lithium metal is going to be extremely important. But today, the entire market for lithium metal is only 5,000 tons. And if that's the material that all these solid state batteries need, and ultimately will be a market of, you know, one to 5 million tons a year, but we're only at 5,000 tons, that's three orders of magnitude. So how are we going to produce this at scale in a cost effective way? So like that's one thing that we've 
discovered just in the past two years. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other things that that present themselves, you know, through this journey. I, I think those are very insightful commentaries about how to get ahead of a trend so that you're ready for when it's ready. And there's so many factors. It's just, but you have to be ready for your part. Maybe just to wrap up, you could tell us more about what Energy X looks for in material scientists and engineers who want to be at this cutting edge of figuring out the next thing and allowing for these other technologies to mature with you and what could distinguish themselves in your company's eyes. Yeah. I think, I think one thing you said is really important that you have to prepare yourself for what the, what, like where the trend is going. Right. I I heard Bezos say once, like if you're, if you're surfing and you try to catch a wave, like you can't just catch the wave once the wave is already breaking. Like you need to set yourself up you know, a good distance in front of it and start paddling early so that when the wave gets to you, you're ready for it. Right. And I think that, you know, that lesson can be applied not only to entrepreneurs, but to MSEs as well. Right. My approach has never been to create a technology and then go find a problem for it. It's always been identify a problem and create a solution for it. But it just depends how, like, not even I could have guessed that lithium would essentially become the biggest problem in the world, <laughs> right? Like there is some element of luck to that. But if you think forward and, and say, okay, what are these mega trends? And then boil it down into the, the smaller problems, you'll be setting yourself up for success. So I think that that's kind of a good way to think about it. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much, Teague, for for joining us today. It was very insightful and I'm excited to follow along with Energy X's journey. Yeah, thank you guys. As a materials engineer, we can make an impact in nearly every single industry. But with that versatility comes a lot of options to choose from. So if you have no idea which position or industry is right for you, you're not alone. I've been there, done that. But just for a moment, imagine narrowing down your ideal role and company within the week. Imagine being able to secure your dream offer without having to apply to hundreds of job openings. Our online course, MSE Academy, includes video testimonials, resumes, interview prep, and mentorship from materials engineers who have been in your shoes. We also connect our members with companies and industry professionals in our expansive network to help accelerate your job search process as much as possible. To learn more and get started, simply click the link in the show notes below. And if you enroll within the next 24 hours, we'll add three bonus career-related resources. I hope to see you there.